0: One. <music> Welcome to the CMU Now Podcast Special Edition. I'm Caitlin Burtzall, along with my co-host David Ludlum, and we are very excited to have our first guests on the show today. They just made a big announcement that the largest gift in university history will establish the SCL Health St. Mary's Medical Education Center on campus. Our guests today are CMU President Tim Foster, CMU Physician Assistant Studies Program Director Dr. Amy Bronson, and SCL Health St. Mary's President Brian Johnson. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to come down and talk with us and let our listeners hear about this amazing new announcement. All right. So the gift of $3 million did not happen overnight. We're going to just jump right in, start off with it there. I know that there has been a lot of work put into this. There's been a lot of conversations. It's been happening over many, many months. So I want to first know, how does it feel to be able to announce it and have it out there in the world to let people know that this partnership is happening and that this donation is happening And Brian, why don't we start with you?
1: You know, this is this is an exciting day. It's a proud day. Uh, It's been a lot of like you said, it's been a lot of work getting here. We've been talking about this for a long time. There's been a lot of man hours uh, and a lot of evaluation work put into it. So today's the day we get to celebrate. And that's just that's fun and exciting and and brings a lot of pride. Brian, you mentioned that
2: We've been talking a lot about how this is the largest gift in CMU history, but where does that fall into your giving profile? I mean, how big, is it, how big of a gift is this from this perspective of St. Mary's?
1: Uh, this is the largest gift that St. Mary's uh, has done okay. in our history for any, for any individual organization, sort of largest single gift. We've, we've made gifts to multiple organizations over years and years and years. And if you, if you accumulate that, it's certainly more than three million dollars. Uh, but in terms of a single gift to a single entity, this is the largest we've done in our history.
2: So largest gift on, on both sides of the coin. And President Foster, I mean, uh, you've been raising money for a long time and, and a gift of this magnitude. For some people, $3 million is hard to wrap your mind around in terms of, of its value. But how does, when you're looking at the value it actually provides on the ground for the university, describe what, the, what that looks like. What is that? What does $3 million mean to this building?
3: Well, I'm really, and, and it's, we talk about dollars and we talk about buildings and then really what you want to talk about is students and and the fact that, you know, we have a physician assistant program that will go into this space, a physical therapy program and an occupational therapy program that'll go into this space. And all three of those are high demand healthcare professions. And, and, and professions that when, when the graduates get out into the workforce, they're going to earn a very good living and in an area that they're just going to love practicing in. And so really the impact is the enabling of just that legion of graduates. And you think about a building like this, it, look at Houston Hall, you know, 95 years later, right? And so this building is probably going to be there for a hundred years. And you start doing the math in terms of a hundred years times 30, 40, 50 graduates and and what that means to our community and what it means to for the opportunities as well as the healthcare Uh, services that they're going to provide. It's just, it's the echo or the spread or the impact is almost unimaginable, quite frankly. And so $3 million is a lot of money, but
2: the impact is is X times that. And I couldn't even tell you what that X is. So huge impact. And I think primarily it'll also be on students. And Dr. Bronson, mm-hmm. you've talked a lot about what this means you know, to your to your program. What does it mean to individual students? What have they been saying mm-hmm. when you've asked ask them how they felt about this large of a gift for yeah. th- that'll benefit them directly?
4: Absolutely. You know, we think about this inaugural cohort that's getting ready to graduate this May, and all of them have so far received uh, job offers to stay here in the Grand Valley. And so when you think about the impact of not only being able to stay here, train here, But also realizing that this is the largest medical hub between Salt Lake and Denver, and we have incredible medical providers here. So in order to be able to make this an even better training facility, we now have an infrastructure and a building for students to have state-of-the-art learning where they can do interprofessional education with not only other PAs, but with now PT and OT coming on board as well. And then they can then transfer that to the workforce, which I think is where we look at where healthcare is heading. We're looking at collaborative, interprofessional team-based care, and that's really the training that they're gonna be able to receive.
0: And I love that because I feel like that's a big point for CMU is to make sure that our students have that real world hands on experience. They get that here while they're in school so that it better prepares them for once they enter the workforce and any cross interdisciplinary work that we can do, I think, only benefits our students even more. That's exactly
4: right. And Great. I think we're building on, right, the, mm-hmm. the incredible infrastructure that's been built for the health professional studies that we already have here. When we think about nursing and red tech and all of those folks that are already going out into the workforce, we're just continuing to build what that's going to look like here at CMU.
0: So this is not the first time obviously that CMU and St. Mary's has partnered together. We have kind of a long-standing history and it's been everything from clinical rotations and developing our students for the workforce and mentoring of our students. Um, but I'm curious to know that why you chose to partner and invest on this project and this program cuz we've worked together so much throughout our history but what was it about this project in particular that made St. Mary's want to get involved?
1: So a lot of things coalesced to make this happen. Um we have had partnerships operationally around teaching and training students, and we've been doing that for years. Um, if you look at uh, the allied health professional, allied health professions, which is what this is geared towards—the PA side and the PT and the OT components of it—over uh, the last several years, you've seen we've seen huge growth and demand for those for those uh, that type of training and those students coming out. Uh, that's lo- we have seen that locally here, too, where it, and they're hard to recruit specialties, particularly in the, in the PA space and the PT and the OT space. It's really hard to find and recruit those people, and that's been hard for years. Uh, but that's kind of, you know, so we're looking at it from a workforce planning standpoint where those are hard to recruit specialties that we need. <clears throat> and then we also look at what our future demands are uh, and and how do we. Take the cost of care and healthcare, which is one of our big focuses. How do we bring that down? That requires a different type of training and a different way of thinking about our profession. So, Amy talks about interdisciplinary care, uh, treatment, and training, which is required for our professionals to be able to do that. But you also look at the ability for physicians to be able to handwork to to you know PAs particularly to to allow the physicians to focus their attention on that highest capability in their license. And allowed uh, PAs to take care of those patients that really kind of fit within their scope of practice. And um, we, as we, so being able to disintermediate some of that lower level work for our medical staff and allow them to focus on higher end work, which is what they're trained for, is a much more effective way of, of managing healthcare. And so, as we started talking through it, we start, so it's workforce planning, it's cost savings, all coming into an opportunity. Where we, and we also looked at um, uh, the community benefit and need for, for uh, the Western Sulphur for Mesa County, which is done by uh, the Department of Health every three years, and that's being completed again this year with a big emphasis on the need f- to have better access to and uh, an ability to act get into both professional and technical training as those things come together, it sort of drives us to start thinking about how do we invest our community dollars to have the biggest long-term impact? And and uh, as we started evaluating that, that's where we decided and just said, this is where we need to put our resources, which as a not-for-profit organization, we're obligated to do. And, and we meet that standard. And we beat that standard every year. But it kind of says, this is where we need to make that investment.
2: Well, talk about like, having a long-term impact. I have a question for both the presidents here, and it's it's not directly related to the gift itself, but maybe about the leadership it takes to get from here to there. And you're both um, the presidents of large, complicated organizations that has it has a complicated relationship that's spanned decades and decades. But President Foster, starting with you, what is it? What kind of what is it about the leadership of the two organizations, starting with the two of you, that allowed this to happen? And how do you how do you sustain a relationship over a long period of time with so much complexity? What does it take to keep both parties at the table and keep that relationship healthy? As as the president of the university.
3: Well, I would say, like any relationship, uh, you know it has its ebbs and flows, uh, and I give a lot of credit to Brian uh, because i th- i th- we we have had you know the organizations work well together, clinicals, nurses flowing back and forth, and we've talked about a little bit of that and and how we have nurses who teach here and then go work at St Mary's and then come back or vice versa, and how that dynamic is really beneficial, but at the same time um I think we, from both perspectives, we sort of just assumed that those that relationship was there. And I think as Brian came on at about 18 months ago, that, that we've re- rekindled uh, that relationship between this university and this institution and St. Mary's. And I think you're just seeing it go back to where it has been, where it needs to be, and, and being a little more deliberate about how do we think about working together. And the nice part is because... You know we are such a health uh, care central, center. Center. Um, you also have Community Hospital and you have Family Health West, and and so the dynamic <clears throat> for a long time was you got to pick your partner, and it's either or. And I think to to give some credit also to Chris Thomas, I think that relationship, and we've sanded off some of the edges there, so f- we can we can work with St. Mary's and Community and Family Health West, and you know in this building, for example, classic case is there's a clinical space and you're going to have orthopedic surgeons from both St. Mary's and community hospital in that space, providing services and care for our student athletes. And so it's just that is so much easier for us to benefit this community working in that way rather than sort of assuming that one another and and then people get grumpy with one another. And so I think we're really back in a much more
2: uh, productive, robust, beneficial relationship. And so, Brian, same question to you. I mean, from your perspective, the president alluded to the fact that there's this rekindling of relationship under your leadership. How, what's your perspective on what it takes to keep parties at the table when you're talking about relationships that span
1: decades? Yeah, that's probably a better question to ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just like, just like any relationship, it takes intentional work to develop and maintain a relationship, uh, that, uh, the, both personal or professional or between entities. It, it's... It's about in, intentional work and, and focusing on that and how do you do things, finding cared vision and mission. I remember sitting with um uh with President Foster, this was a conversation we had last spring. We first started how we were having breakfast over at the Devil's Kitchen and uh, community hospital was there and the conversation started about how do we how do we really look at uh finding collaborative opportunities within the community, because that wasn't the history. I mean, there there was, you know, there was a history to that, but there was, then that kind of fell off to being what I would consider to be negatively competitive. Uh, And and you can see that in any relationship that happens, right? And we came back to the table saying, as as organizational leaders, how do we find opportunities to be, to find positive competition and to benefit our community? What's our shared vision? And I remember sitting around that table, and that's what we talked about. It's a shared vision about how do we partner and collaborate together. And, and stemming from that, we've kind of moved forward into how do we intentionally develop for our community. We've, we've, we've come to that vision of how do we benefit our community. We're, we're all here, and we can get behind that. And, uh, and, and that's what's important. And, we, and since then, we've stayed focused on there's a larger goal of benefiting our community, and this is how we can do that.
2: I just felt like it was important to address that it, that topic of leadership because if you read about a gift like this in the newspaper or something, you, it's like for one organization to invest in another organization, you know, three million dollars. There's just so much behind that, so much more than meets the eye in terms of the relationship that has to pre-exist that gift. So appreciate those answers.
0: Yeah, and I think an important point that we're kind of hitting on here is that not only is this going to really benefit our students and eventually benefit St. Mary's, but it's the community aspect. I think that's really important for people to understand that how much this gift and this new building and these programs are going to be able to benefit not only our local community, but the whole region. So Dr. Bronson, I was hoping you could maybe speak to that a little bit more of how this is going to help our our community and western colorado
4: absolutely you know i appreciate um president johnson really talking about the fact that you know St. Mary's really looks at community needs and the community needs assessment to help drive their decision making and I will say that is exactly what President Foster has done in looking at what are the needs in our region in western Colorado and how do we meet those and so really the PAPTOT programs stemmed out of that in doing a feasibility study to really look at what are the needs what are the needs of our community and how do we meet those and that's really the strategic plan that this is all surrounding and it it really is looking at how do we give students the ability to stay here, train here, and then live and work here. You know, we know based on statistics and also based on the literature that students will stay within 30, usually about 30 miles of where they train. And so we know that if we can keep those folks here and they do their training here, they're mentored um, at St. Mary's Hospital and doing their clinical rotations, they're more likely to want to stay here in the region. And the impact that that has is just creating a wider right arena for folks to be able to step in, be able to have access to care, to good quality care um, that we know, and that that allows then a healthier community. And that downstream effect is good, not only for the economics, um, but also for the
0: community impact when we really think about overall health. Mm-hmm. Makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So President Foster, I think we can't have this conversation today without bringing up the fact that you did recently announce your retirement at the end of June. Didn't know if you knew I was going to bring that up today or not. Um, but I think I don't know for you, but if you've started kind of reflecting on your tenure here of, you know, the last 17 years, and I think with coming with reflection also comes thinking about the future. So when we're thinking about the future of CMU, this partnership with St. Mary's, the new building, what is your hope kind of for the future for CMU in this program? And where do you hope to see it go?
3: This program's going to do nothing but grow. Um, I think we're going to sign Amy to a long-term t- contract. <laughs> she doesn't realize that, but she's committing to, I think, her, the rest of her lifetime here. You heard it here. Yeah. They're going to announce that, that she's committed to staying. Um, but in, in all seriousness, you know, this is just, there will be something else. Uh, and it, it is is we're saying, you know, people will say, where do you come up with these ideas? And I said, I don't come up with any ideas. Joel Bechtel came to my office, a doctor, physician, retired physician in town and said, we need a PA program. And, and by the way, I know the person who can run it. It was Amy uh, or Dr. Bronson. And I know physicians that will support it. And, and so, and I know the hospital would be on board. And so time and time again, you know, what we do, uh, and it's sort of the culture of Western Colorado is people are very unabashed about stepping up and saying, you know, you really should try this. And, And so you can look at program after program after program that we've implemented, whether it's engineering, um, you know, it was one of the printers who came and said, you know, great communities have engineering programs um, and you see great um livelihoods and businesses start because of that. And, and so voila, we have an engineering program. Voila, we have a PA program. Same thing with physician uh, or physical therapy and occupational therapy. Other folks say, absolutely, you need that program. So I think you'll see it's the dynamic that is this community that really makes this university. And the university's kind of culture is very open to that sort of thing. And And, and then I think We've always had the discipline to recognize that there are things that we've done in the past that maybe um, need to be set aside for a while. And, and let's go focus on something else. So I think you'll continue to see this university adapt, be very flexible um, and seize opportunities because it, it defies the old um, stayed halls that, you know, this is how we do things. Um, that's just not what Mesa ever has been. Um, you might not know this back in the '70s when they talked about adding four-year degree programs and going from a junior college to a state institution, only in Grand Junction do we fight over that, right? Um, and only and 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 yet the proposal to the legislature was, we can do four-year degrees in three years. How about that? And it was like, okay, you guys are a little out of your lane. Let's go back and do four-year degree programs in four years, but sure enough. And so I think we're we're it's a place. It's just very open to innovation.
0: Yeah, wasn't say it was not alive in the seventies, but I will say that I think that spirit of CMU is definitely still alive and well today. And something that I love about that CMU hurt me mm-hmm. that you said you were alive know. in the seventies. gotta throw that out there.
2: <laughs> do you like seventies music, though?
0: I do. My parents raised me on seventies music. All, All you 30s.
2: young kids mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> my kids listen to seventies mm-hmm. music. Yep, they're crazy. So, President Johnson, um, you think about. President Foster, looking back on his tenure, and I think you mentioned before the show that you're relatively new to the current position, and so you may be looking you know, forward into the future um, w- under your extended tenure. What, what do you what do you see for the partnership long term? What, what are your goals beyond the three million dollar gift that you just you know per- invested in the university?
1: You know, this is the, the three million gift is just a continuation of a partnership we've had for a long time, and so uh, while it's a lot of money and it's a big commitment. Uh, the reality is, it's about looking towards the future, and I, and I, I do see it that way. I, I expect that things that the university will continue to grow, that St. Mary's will continue to grow, and I think we'll have to, like, like Tim said, it's it's about growing and developing and and partnering going forward. And so I think, uh, uh, you know, the three million dollar gift that we're doing today, it, it, like I said, it, it is it, it's remarkable and it's substantial. But I think it just is—it's just a cornerstone uh, to to a foundation that we're that we've already been building a lot to, and I see it keeping going forward. Um, this is more of us trying to say this is this is this is a, a good start in many ways to to, to our partnership in perpetuity.
2: Well, that seems like kind of a good way to wrap it up. Speaking of foundations and cornerstones, I know we're going to walk out and see the site here as we wrap up the podcast. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I think n- nice sentiments from both of you and appreciate your leadership on this. As, as, at the staff level, it's just great to work for an organization that can work something like this out between two really large and complicated organizations.
0: Yeah, I want to thank each of you for taking the time to come and talk to us and let our listeners know about this amazing new gift. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I'm your host, Caitlin Birdsall, along with my co-host, David Ludlam, and we'll be back next month for another edition of CMU Now on the KAFM Community Affairs Hour. And keep an eye out for the next CMU Now special edition podcast.